0: Turning your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 11. And as Lee mentioned earlier in the service, it's always uh, a great joy to come back around to Christmas time and sing the songs we know and love. And it's also wonderful to come back to the passages of Scripture that we know and love. And this is certainly one of them that we often hear at Christmas. But before we read, let's pray together. Let's pray. Lord, even as we have meditated upon giving You our hearts in that, in that song, that beautiful song, we are reminded that You first gave Your heart to us. We are reminded that You first pursued us and loved us and spoke to us. You, you spoke creation into existence. You spoke us into existence. You, you spoke all good things into existence. And you give us your Word, your, your living Word that we can trust, that we can believe, that is your Power as your Spirit comes and works. And Lord, so I pray right now as we're about to read your Word and walk through it for a few minutes in preparation for the table, I pray that your Spirit would come with great power. We believe in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we know that the Holy Spirit working through the Word and through the table, as we come to it, changes lives. And so we pray, Lord, for an extra measure this morning as we celebrate Advent, as we look to Christmas time of your Spirit, speaking by and with and through your word. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Isaiah 11, verses 1 through 10. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might. And the little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra. And the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy. in all my holy mountain For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples, of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. This is God's Word. Several years ago Cindy and I were sitting in a church service in downtown Edinburgh, Scotland. And it was one of the most unforgettable church services that I will uh that, that comes to mind on a on a regular basis at this particular time of year, the time of year of November, we were sitting in this church service on Remembrance Sunday. And if you know what Remembrance Sunday is, Remembrance Sunday is a big deal in Britain. It's their Memorial Day. Uh, the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month was when World War I ended. And for them, it was an experience they don't want to ever forget, it's not that big of a deal as much for us, but for them, they remember it in a very solemn way every year on the Sunday that's closest to that 11th day in November, Remembrance Sunday. And as we were sitting there, we took a couple of moments of silence. We heard a cannon firing outside. We heard bugles playing. And the whole town shut down for two minutes of remembrance. It was very, very moving. If you've ever looked at old photographs of... World War One. maybe some of you along the way in a history class or something, you can look it up. They're very easy to find. If you look for photographs of World War One, you know what you're going to see. What's going to come up on your screen, don't do it now. Some of you are already doing it, I see. That's too late. You already did it. You pull the pictures up and what you see, miles. You see battlefields. You see miles of battlefields with... Jagged, dead stumps. That's all that's left. Devastating warfare. All that's left is jagged stumps. Believe it or not, that's the picture that Isaiah is beginning this chapter with and this prophecy with. A battlefield full of jagged stumps. It is not a pretty picture. The Assyrians will invade and conquer and deport and take the people into exile in the northern kingdom. The the Babylonians will come into Judah and, and defeat and conquer and deport and exile the people. Isaiah is saying to us at the outset today, think of a battlefield. Think of a war, think of devastation. Think of defeat. Think of some good kings and some bad kings, but for the most part every king will fail. And the people will continue to look for a new king, but he's not going to be the king they expect. He's going to be oh uh, so much so much greater. Think of it this way, this 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 King that's coming... Look, Jesus Christ, you know this, but let's spend a few moments before we come to the Lord's table this morning. When Jesus Christ comes, He turns the world upside down. He turns expectations upside down. His plan is unexpected. His people are unexpected. And finally, his peace is unexpected. His plan, people, peace. His plan. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The Spirit of wisdom. Look at these characteristics. Wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge. The fear of the Lord will characterize this king. And this king will have a strategic plan to save the world. Okay, what's this king's strategic plan to save the world? let us you, You've been part of this, many of, many of you. Let's gather together. Let's get our strategic planning committee here. Let's pull out the whiteboard. What's God's strategic plan for saving the world? Well, let's enter a fallen, sinful world and be born in a cattle stall. Let's grow up in a poor family. Let's flee for our lives to Egypt. Let's do our ministry in small, no-name, out-of-the-way villages. Let's have very few followers, 12 maybe. Let's be opposed by all of the, the civil And religious power brokers of the day. And at the height of our popularity, let's have most of our friends desert us and die on a cross. Sounds crazy. That's God's strategic plan for success. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, the power of God and the wisdom of God. As Lucy said in the Chronicles of Narnia, Once upon a time a stable held someone in it who was bigger than the whole world and turns the world upside down in unexpected ways. Well, what about His people? What about His people? He shall not judge by what His eyes see or decide disputes by what His ears hear, but with righteousness He shall judge the poor And decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He's not saying here he's going to to judge the poor in some kind of harsh way. It's saying he's going to make things right when he comes. He's going to make things just when he comes. And he's not going, get this please, he's not going to judge by appearances. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. He's going to look on hearts. I don't know about you, but for me, many the the times that I have gotten myself in, in trouble in life have so often been when I've gone on appearances. He looks good. She looks good. That looks good. Those things look good. Let's go after those things. This king will judge hearts. This king will look at hearts. You remember when Jesus grows to be an adult, and begins his public ministry. And he goes up the mountain and he calls his disciples to him and says, this is what I want you to be like. This is what I want you to be characterized by. You, Christian, you follower of Christ, you disciple of Jesus. He says this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, For they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We could say blessed are those who can pray and mean Psalm 51. David's cry, forgive me, change me, use me, forgive me, change me, use me, forgive me, change me, use me. Blessed are those who can say with John, he must increase, I must decrease. He will turn the wisdom of the world upside down well finally his his peace look at verse 6 this this wonderful passage we see quoted and we read all the time at this time of year the wolf and the lamb the leopard and the young goat uh, the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together the little child leading them what is this all about this is about new heavens and new earth the hope that we live for peace reconciliation, the return of Christ in glory. Another thing that Advent points to is the return of Jesus. Not just the first coming, but the second coming. The return of Jesus Christ in glory. And we have this vivid picture of what we have to look forward to and who doesn't want peace and who doesn't constantly hear in our culture and our world about the need for peace. But there's no need for peace, unless there's a war. And there's a lot of war going on, isn't there? But you know, the, the, the greatest, most devastating, more, most important war to understand is the war that's going on in your own heart. You remember Paul uh, tells us in Romans 3, there's, there's, there's none righteous, no, not one. The carnal mind is enmity against God, he says in Romans 8. We are by nature like our first parents, Adam and Eve. Lord, thank You. Thank You for Your many blessings. I appreciate it very much, but we're going our own way. Thank You. We want to be like You. We want to be God. We're going our own way. Thanks, but no thanks. But I've got good news. And that's the good news of Christmas. Peace among those with whom He is pleased. And I've always been amazed by this particular passage. In fact, where it says heavenly host here, that's a military word. It, the military word there is stratios, It means army, band of soldiers. It's like the, the, the angels are coming. And they're like an army declaring a peace treaty. Drawn up in the blood of Jesus. He has come for you. He's come to make peace with you. He has come because He loves you. And you don't have to fight anymore. You can drop your weapons. You can drop to your knees. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Change me. Forgive me. Use me. You see, the the very essence of sin. The, The essence of sin is when I put myself where only God deserves to be. The essence of sin is when I put myself where only God deserves to be. At the center of everything, worshiped. The essence of salvation is when God puts himself where only I deserve to be. In my place for my sin. Ephesians 2, Paul says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for He Himself is our peace. Paul says in the Colossians 1, He made peace with us by the blood of the cross. I love um, the... Um, 19th, early 20th century uh, writer and journalist G.K. Chesterton, he puts it this way. There is something defiant in Christmas. Something that makes the abrupt bells at midnight sound like the great guns of a battle that has just been won. The battle over my sin and death, your sin and death, has been won. Run to Christ. Run to him. Um, earlier in the service, we heard "In the Bleak Midwinter," and if you know anything about Christina Rossetti, the author of that piece of of music, of that poetry, there. And I'll close with this: she had a uh, she she was beautiful, she was smart, she came from a very powerful, gifted family. But as she grew, she had one tragedy in her life happen to her after another. I mean, she's one of those people you think, okay, you've got this this smart, successful family. You yourself are very, very gifted. You look good. You're beautiful. You've got it all. But she she ended up going, going through two broken engagements. She had to leave school at 14 because of sickness. She struggled with poverty and depression and She eventually would die of cancer. And when you know just a little bit of that story, and you hear these words, this is a person that would have every reason to be angry or bitter or disappointed or frustrated. What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what I can, I give him. I give him. My heart. The challenge for us this morning as we come to this table that pictures the body and blood of Christ. He meets us here, He meets us there. By the power of the Word and Spirit, is how's your heart? Do you need to do business with Him? What a wonderful time of year as we hear these passages and we hear about Christmas and we're reminded of all of these wonderful things. If you haven't come to Christ, if you don't have this peace, you can have it right now on the spot. If you already have it, let's sing to His praise. And celebrate and not be discouraged by what we see and what we read and what is, is around us. We have This to look forward to, that this passage pictures, the new heaven and the new earth. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank You that You turn the world upside down. You turn expectations upside down. You you turn our, our default understanding of things upside down. You come to to be poor and to live in our place and to die in our place. You call us to follow You and recognize our our poverty of spirit and our mourning and our hungering and thirsting for righteousness and our meekness and our mercy in following after Jesus. And all of this is made possible because peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Peace on earth, mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. We pray, Lord, that You would be working with us and for us and in us, even now as we prepare to come to the table. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.